Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. Genuine Bovine Urine. And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today I am delighted to share my conversation with Dad the Doberman, a multifaceted kinkster who balances being both a big, tough diaper dad and a widow baby puppy. Rather than a story time this week or any spiel about rating and reviewing, I want to take a quick moment to talk about Ouchie the Clown. I mentioned on the podcast not being able to find Ouchie online anymore, and someone messaged me to say they had found out he sadly passed away a few years ago. I would love to have met Ouchie, who inspired me to do a lot of what I do and was one of the first people I saw being unashamedly themselves within the world of kink. Ouchie was heavily involved with the porn clown posse and, from what I understand, deeply involved in the community at large. He is definitely sorely missed and I am sad I never got to meet this man who inspired me so much. To that end, I thought it might be worth mentioning that I'm organising a casual clown meet in London. No kink involved, just a few of us meeting up for a drink. Currently all the clown traffic seems to go through me and that's wonderful, but I want people to meet each other. With few people like Ouchie the Clown to show us how okay it is to be our weird, kinky selves, it can be hard to find others like us. Of all the kinks, people seem to be pretty guarded when it comes to clown play and tend to be quite nervous about meeting. So I thought this might be a nice icebreaker for whoever wants to attend as a precursor to an eventual clown event. Just so people can see how not alone they are. With everyone on different platforms, organising is proving difficult, so currently there is no fixed date set, however, I floated the idea of the first or second weekend of July. There's no pressure or obligation to come, but if you would like an invite just to say hi and have a pint, please feel free to message me on Twitter. Today, the circus returns to Chicago, Illinois, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. My little squiggle down at the bottom doesn't look nearly as big as yours. Well. The little recording I know. signal thing. Boys often tell me that. Yeah, but you got a big squiggle. <laughs> that theirs isn't as big. Well, yeah. Hard to compare to Aww. your big squig. My big squig. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call this episode? The big squig? The big squig. My big squig. Okay, are you on camera at all? You don't have to be at all. It doesn't matter. I don't I don't keep it. Just I am on camera if you want to watch me be like fresh out of the shower. I, I would love... Oh. Oh, you actually look very nice. Thank you. I was kind of hoping for more of a bridge troll and okay. That's only my weekend attire. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's when you take the take the makeup off and Oh yeah. It's actually I put on more makeup. Right, right, okay, okay. Mm-hmm, but I just like smudged it all together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
You do look much better, just oh, natural smudge troll. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I cover all of my face with my uh, kabuki clay. Yeah, you know when you do that thing where you you just put the the, the paper bag over your head. That's great too. I, I like that look. Oh yeah, it's a real lady killer. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast, where I just gradually <laughs> insult you, my guests, until I wear you down. Um. Anyway, hi, hi, Dad. Thanks for um. Do Do you get people? Did you get? Do you just get everyone to call you Dad? I mean, some people will. Some people call me uh, boy or scout or pup or whatever. But I tell them, uh, you can call me Dad. Okay. You can just call me Dad. Okay, Dad. Short for Dadalus. Dadalus the Doberman. And some people are like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And where people say, oh, that's weird, but I don't care people think, so. You're not my dad and you never will be. Yeah, and also those people are alcoholics, I mean. That's what I've always wanted to say, but was too afraid of the, you know, the legal system here in America. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lawsuits. Yeah, you do have a very frightening legal system. Very robust. (laughs) (laughs) It works for some people. (laughs) (laughs) It works for some dads and Mm -hmm. not not the rest of us. Okay, so it's so... Dadalus. Yeah, okay, fine. Dadalus. That's a great way of getting... Because I find there is an element of submission in in handing over that any kind of title, right? So like boss or master or whatever it is. And daddy is one of those things. And so I think for a lot of people, daddy is already different enough to dad if they have a dad or some of their cool dad that it's not weird. But I feel like there's a power play that you're already doing by being like, oh no, you can just call me dad. I mean, you can call me dadless if you want or any variation of that or come up with your own name. I'm not particular. Dad makes you uncomfortable then obviously don't call me that. But it's up to you. No, it's making me very comfortable. But I feel like that's a really... <laughs> don't look at me like that that's a really um maybe i should start doing something like that just have a nickname that makes people kind of squirmy my name is master Cleese, but you can just call me master <laughs> i can see how like that could make people like mm, it's a little uh, yeah i don't know about that um yeah yeah i could just say just call me clown call you clown mm-hmm. that's all i want hey clown hey clown Hey, clown fucker. Yeah, okay. I forgot what I would even... Oh, I asked what your name was. (laughs) Okay, so like, I really love how you mix your dominant and submissive sides because that was the first thing that I noticed about you was there aren't enough like diaper doms or diaper dads in the world. And I love that you do this like, yeah, I wear a diaper, but I'm still going to be, I'm still going to be in charge here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you... Was that like, how did that happen for you is what I want to know. Like, was that something that it was kind of a light bulb moment? You were like, oh, I can combine these things that I find fun and make it my own. Or did you always kind of start out being like, I want to do my own thing? It's kind of a culmination of things where I found myself in a place where I thought, man, everybody wants to like be the sub. And I know I want to be a sub too, but I also want to be able to give that back to people. I want to be the the daddy that I've always wanted or needed. And so that kind of gave me an idea of like, oh, I could just be a dad if I wanted. But as I explored that and realized that, yes, I do get to be dad and dominant and still have my passions, but I also firmly believe that you should be your authentic self 
regardless of like perceptions or what people want from you. And for me, that is also being a submissive. So yes, I can dress up all dominant and be in charge, but I also, you know, still like to be put in my place, still like to have my diaper changed. And uh, that's just who I am and getting to present that to uh, an internet audience. It's been really cool. Mm. And also, I feel like when I met you, it really put me at ease. I think that's the case with anyone who, I don't know, there's something about once you've come to accept yourself, it's it's like infectious. It's like it really puts other people at ease when they see that you are just cool with being yourself. And I guess it's probably because what you're signaling is, hey, you can be yourself too. I'm okay with what I'm all about. And so you can be yourself. That's exactly how I felt about Capcom. Oh, yeah. Where I went to Capcom my first time and I was very tense and worried about well, what are people going to think? What do people want to say? And then I get there and then everybody is just being their absolute self yes. and having a fucking blast. And I'm like, oh, wait, I can do this too. And so I felt really at peace. And then going into my second one, I just had this mentality of, oh, everybody's super cool there. You can just go and be yourself. And so uh -huh. I was able to just, just start off with the energy of, I get to be me. And then I was then able to offer that to a bunch of first timers. And that was just really uh, gratifying. So this was your second cap this, this time? Yes, I went to the one summer cap and then CapCon the oh, whole like, nine months later. Damn. Yeah, this was my first time. And so I was a little nervous at first just to like be in the space and be presenting how I wanted to present. But I mean, yeah, like you say, it's so, once you see other people do it, it's so cool. You just immediately relax into it. But what, what is your sub side like then? Because I've definitely seen a lot of your dominant sides or at least the, a lot of like what I've seen on like Twitter and stuff, you've kind of got a lot of like leather going on. And even in diapers, there's, that, there's still a very dominant dad energy there. But what's the sub, what's the sub inside? What's the sub inside? <laughs> uh, well, it's six inches and there's lots of mayo. <laughs> uh, but so part of the dad persona I created was out of my own inability to ask for what I wanted. And it was, oh, I can give okay. to people instead of having to be vocal about the things that I truly want. And by doing that, like I mentioned before, I became more aware of, oh, these are things that I want. And I have people asking me for that. And what I have to do is ask other folks for that. And the things I'd ask for is basically just to be daddy, to be put in my place, to be treated like the uh, lesser status individual who's having their appearance controlled, their situation controlled, being embarrassed while also being reassured that no this is actually okay like you might feel a little embarrassed but you're actually totally safe everything yeah. you're doing is natural and fine and you can just have fun as this person i am helping slash making you be yeah oh i lo i love that aspect of kink in general like a lot of it for me is getting to be embarrassed in a safe way i know that it's not it, there's something so sexually thrilling about like humiliation for me because I think as a kid, it's the thing I was most afraid of in real life. And so getting it to play it out in the safe way, the, the, the safety net of kink that lets you do all these like weird, wonderful, embarrassing things and clothing control has definitely become like a really big thing for me. I love being dressed up and treated like a doll and put in an embarrassing outfit and made to like waddle around in a big diaper. Oh, absolutely. 
I someone once tweeted this whole diatribe about how kinks can often be really related to your greatest fears. Mm -hmm. And for me, I for a longest time thought, oh, I'm into humiliation play. And I thought, well, maybe that's because I'm afraid of being humiliated or being exposed in public places. But I've began to evolve that idea to actually it's courage play where I fully embrace this version of myself that might be dressed silly or dressed offbeat and I can still be, you know, content and uh, proud of myself and safe, even though I'm not like everybody else. Uh huh. Yeah, no, totally. I, I love that idea of courage play. That's really cool. Because it's kind of therapeutic to the first few times that I was say in like clown stuff, because that for me was the thing that I thought was, you know, like the most mortifying was so empowering and still continues to be, you know, in a different arena, in a different setting. I never know how it's it's going to be received. And then it's like, yeah, you look a bit different, but who cares? Oh, yeah. Oh, I I love that idea of like courage play and that therapy, um, that kink can be so therapeutic. Oh, absolutely. Getting the opportunity, and I say this about Captain all the time, to just be yourself and do the weird offbeat thing that brings you a lot of joy and have people not only accept it, but celebrate it is the most empowering thing I've ever experienced. Mm. Yeah, totally. Do you, when you say appearance control, do you like to work with juxtapositions? Because you've kind of got like a hairy, muscly, like leathery dad vibe. Yeah, big boy with a big diaper, you know, like that um, justification, my brain today. Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Oh my God. Almost. So close. Third time the charm. <laughs> juxtaposition. I'm, I'm having a stroke. That juxtaposition. Thank you. Um, um, the, uh, like the big diaper, but the big man. Like I, I, a lot of people really love that. Is that like a big part of it is like taking this image of you and mixing it with something completely like diametrically opposed. Oh, absolutely. I think it's great to have someone who's cute and sweet and innocent looking all dressed up and however they like to look and be that coveralls or just a onesie or whatever. But when you take a big burly dude with like muscles and a beard and that kind of like perma scowl that some people have, and then you put them in a diaper, them in skin tight spandex or uh, a roughly diaper cover that uh, departure from what standard quote-unquote masculinity looks like is what really gets me off it makes me tingle in ways that I never fully understood as a kid and now I now I use that yeah see for me it's that it's the attitude behind it and so it works the other way as well so I had Master Dart on and he was talking about how he loves strong men because he loves the idea of like taking someone and wiping away their identity by like, you know, shaving of the head, gluing on the handlebar mustache, making them work out, building, you know, turning you into something else that, you know, has this, uh, even a sense of permanence about it if you're sort of like working out and changing your body. And so I like the idea of whatever it is opposing it. Like he was saying he had this kind of like preppy friend who he then like dressed up like a biker and glued a beard onto and sort of put all these hyper, you know, quote unquote masculine things on him and like 
yeah, I don't know. There's so much fun you can have playing with not just transforming from one thing to the other, but being halfway between the two, being like wearing the opposite of what you present as, which I think is really fun. I fucking love that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm big into transformation play. I think what I'm into is some kind of uh, subversion of transformation because I am... I'm changing into a person I don't normally present as in every, everyday life. And that's what I'm trying to offer to other people when I play as the Dom. And it's kind of like, uh, if you know any drag queens, they say that they just feel so powerful when they put on those heels and their face and their wig because they, while presenting as something wildly different than their everyday life, they recognize, oh, I can be whoever and still in my power. Yeah. Yeah. There is something really, really, I mean, it's the same. I've said it so many times about, you know, putting on a pup hood or for me, you know, putting on clown makeup and and everything. That transformative element, when it's something that you want people to see is so powerful. And then conversely, having it done to you and getting lost in someone else's transformation is like so fucking cool. So fucking like freeing. I just love that freedom to be what whatever the hell you want to be or you've been made into and it's okay it's safe like i just love kink man (laughs) kink's fucking awesome right like my life is i was just saying i i just got off a call with a clown friend and we were just talking about the weird shit that like we wanted to get up to and we were just saying like oh you know it'd be so cool to just hang out and you know be totally geared up all day and just hang out doing whatever I was like, what is this life? Like, this is so, what is this? What, like, what are we talking about? This is so weird. I was like, my life is so fucking good. I'm so glad I just get to be a weirdo. I'm so glad. It took such a long time to accept, but I'm so fucking glad. I was talking to a friend about exactly that last night. It was about how I spent so much time worrying about how I'm a weirdo and how I wish I was more normal. And he's like, that's not healthy nobody is really normal and plus being weird feels like so much more fun it's so much more fun and it teaches you a whole new level of like people who automatically fit the mold are never going to have to challenge themselves to really accept things about themselves they're never going to have to you know really look in the mirror and be like i don't i'm not being told that this is okay so how do i reconcile that with my life and how do i decide that it's okay for me. It's it's such a, it's such a huge thing, and it's so hard to describe to people who've who've never had to go through it. But these are like this is the one of the coolest parts of you. Like this is this is why I mean this is why I do this whole podcast. This is why I love kink so much, and why I love talking about it because I want people to know that this is not just okay. This is awesome. Like it's so cool that this is what you want to do, and that this is how you want to do it, and this is how you do it. Like. Fuck yeah. And uh, the weird thing is that your weirdness is normal. Everybody has that thing that makes them weird, more air quotes. It's like the the moral of every other children's series is that just embrace who you are because it actually is totally fine. Who you are is fine. Yeah. So many songs that are just like, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to do. And I remember as a kid being like, yeah, right. Easy for you to say. And now I'm like, yeah, I fucking can. It just, you know, I just needed to learn that myself because, yeah, there weren't like a bunch of podcasts where people were talking about their weird, crazy, kinky 
desires and how like cool and okay they are. And it's so awesome that, you know, people are now the internet has really, really changed. I was talking to, um, an ABDL who was just saying like back in the eighties, it was just a completely different ball game, a completely different landscape and gauging interest and trying to find people who would engage in play was just a whole other, I, I don't understand how they did it. Oh God, with like hanky codes and cruising bars and going up to some dude after having a drink and being like, so uh-huh. want to put me in a diaper? Yeah, like, and, and how much bravery that, like, yes. fuck. So you can't even hide behind uh, a recon profile or something. You have to. Right, yeah. Face, face, eye contact, ask someone to help yeah. you put the booties on. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you have to deal with the possibility of being not just rejected, but possibly ridiculed face to face. That's, yeah. you've got to have nerves of steel. That's, yeah. And in a world where it's like, so many parts of your life are already being condemned. Like just being in like a queer space or, or a gay bar already is enough of a target on your back. <laughs> For sure. Is your, um, your subside, is it bratty then? It really can be. I was once playing with this couple and uh, we're going through the motions. We're um, slowly being undressed and uh, put into positions. And then uh, I just made a, a natural snippy comment because that's, that's who I am. I will uh-huh. name a quip that comes out of my mouth before I have even like finished thinking it. And uh, then he just like grabs my neck and says like, that was funny, but that's not who you are right now. And I'm like, Oh, and that's what made me really realize is that I do have this defense mechanism of being kind of bratty and that's who I am <laughs> as a person. And so getting to sub, I try and take it as an opportunity to let that part of me go and just sink into a space where I am the very eager good boy. I want to make daddy happy. I yeah. say yes and please to all of the things that he's giving to me. It's not, oh no, don't put me in the diaper. It's, oh, please, daddy, please. Thank uh, you, daddy. Yeah. See, I I definitely love testing the limits because I want to know, because I'm... <laughs> Who, me? I'm just, I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm just a good little boy. I'm just a will baby. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like, you know, 50-50, so... If you can't dominate me effectively, I'm going to turn the tables on you and put you in the diaper. So mm. I like to really test the limits. And as soon as those boundaries are made clear, I fall in line because being broken in, that's the fun part for me is this is embarrassing. I don't want it to happen, but I do. And then having that brownyness swept away, being tamed being forced to be a good boy, even if you don't want to, even if you sort of grumble, you're going to do as you're told and you're going to, and you're going to do it with a <laughs> pep in your step. So for you, it's kind of both. You're, oh, yeah. you're bratty for a while. And then after enough resistance, that's when you become the good boy. Yeah. But you, you got it. Like it kind of takes the daddiest daddy because I have an equal desire to dominate as I do to sub. So I want to know what the score is. And if I can get one up on you, I'm going to I'm gonna take the opportunity. But if you can break me and tame me, which, you know, it's not that hard, 
but like <laughs> it's mostly a fraud but i see you can't do it you yes. can't do it you can't do it oh you're doing it yes. oh no yeah. you're doing oh, it no. oh no no <laughs> please I'm don't down. oh it's so embarrassing oh Not no I have to go yeah exactly <laughs> see because my little is uh a brat at heart who doesn't ever want to be tamed and that's really difficult to deal with sometimes because yeah. he doesn't i like because i'm like look okay if you're gonna behave and you know if the if the if the end goal here is that i tame you and he's like no i'm i'm that's just that's just how he is as a little and he you know he wants to run around and be a monkey pup and oh my god it's so exhausting it's so exhausting you say be a monkey pup a monkey pup a monkey pup okay a monkey pup. although i'm i'm really into monkey play what is monkey play? Is that where you throw poop at each other? Like, I suppose it can or be. Or could be. It could be. It's more that, like, monkeys are so similar to clowns that big ears and silliness and and being stupid, I think that's really hot. Kind of similar to, like, donkey boys. It's, like, just being uh, this goofy, big teeth, big ears, big tail, and being, like, completely stupid and silly. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of being, like, a silly little cheeky monkey because then that also kind of has it that bleeds into abdl really easily oh yeah i'm seeing lots of monkeys and diapers yeah (laughs) rob clark does an amazing art series where he does like monkeys transforming humiliating guys it's uh yeah send me a link to that man's website Oh my god, yeah. I do it right now. Robclock.net. He does like loads of pup and clown and donkey shit. Yeah, I had him on the pod and it was like my most starstruck moment because he informed so much of my early kink. (laughs) (laughs) Which for me was like the first thing, you know, like the first things that turned me on were circus clowns. And from there, it was just the next kink and the next kink and the next kink. I was never into any of that vanilla shit. So yeah. He really, like, he really informed a lot of me. So, okay, speaking of, what started you on your kink journey? What was, like, the f- the first thing like that made this all happen for you? Well, I've been into diapers for as long as I can remember. I, even as a child, remember wanting to wear diapers, and as a teenager, for some reason, also wanting to wear diapers and things that were slick and tight and shiny and spandexy and rubbery looking and so i feel like i've always had it it wasn't a moment where i thought ah yes this is the thing that has transformed me to from normal vanilla person to (laughs) kinky weirdo Mm -hmm. there were moments where i saw things on the internet like the first time i saw a a leather man with a uh, a leash attached to a man on all fours and a puppyhood and i'm like yes that's whatever that is, I want more of that in my life. And this is just something that happened on like dial up, uh, downloading (laughs) a picture row by pixel row. And Uh there was, I didn't really have a way to like know what that was or how to search for more of it and find more of it. And then as puppy play really exploded, I thought, oh yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And it's like, because that was one of the, the bigger moments of, oh yes, I'm into this. And I did not know that. How old are you at that point? Because I'm just imagining you going, yes, at the computer screen. <laughs> there I am, 15, 16 years old, and my family's shared computer in the, <laughs> the office, just yeah. shouting about how aroused <laughs> I am. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, the the amount of stuff. If if somebody could find that old hard drive, the amount of stuff that I downloaded on the share computer. Oy, oy That's where all those viruses came from. That and LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, LimeWire. God, I remember LimeWire. What a throwback. Did you did you get into like leather and putt play kind of at the same time then as well? Was it all just kind of one on top of the other? Kind of. I was in a, a really bad relationship where I was kind of, I, you know what? I was judged for the things that I was into. It's never really get explored a lot, but I started listening to uh, a podcast called No Safe Word, uh, Sparky and Daddy Tony. And uh, listening to people just be goofy, silly, orienting their lives around their kings and interests and having a variety of guests, I learned a lot about leather and putt play, bondage, stuff all over the place. And so I really got this little amuse-bouge of various types of kink and listening through all of these episodes, there were well over 100 at the point that I had started listening to it. That introduced me to a lot of things and made me realize that there's a lot of communities already out there that support those interests. And so I shortly thereafter got out of that relationship and then immediately jumped into the Atlanta leather community because I lived in Atlanta at that point in time. And so I got the opportunity to, you know, bark and wear a leather vest at approximately the same time. Wow, that's cool. I mean, there you talk about being shamed in your relationship and shame is a thing that keeps coming up here because we've all at some point experienced whether it was something you know that we imposed on ourselves or somebody else did and it's such bullshit to oh yeah it's such bullshit to look at anyone and and point the finger and 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 be like this is a bad thing being who you are is a bad thing not only is shame not conducive to growth by any means because it just it makes your brain shut down all you can think about is the shame it doesn't actually change you it just buries things and then yeah. makes you unhappy and unwilling to work through whatever it is that's inside of you that will help you feel like your real self but also shame has been used for centuries to control people mm-hmm. to tell you no this is the way you're supposed to act because it's the way society expects you to act yeah no yeah i mean it's it's crazy it's, it's just it's crazy to me to think now looking at if you glance at a twitter feed for 30 seconds the amount of nonsense you'll see going on in the world right now and that is the core of it it is shaming people into saying whatever you know outrageous thing you can about whatever group of people you can to weaponize shame exactly like that like it always has been and the fact that that's something we've internalized as people to do in a relationship to a partner is so it says so much more about the person doing it so much more oh for sure and i even recognized that as it was happening because there had been shame in a relationship before but as i was realizing there are people who do actively accept these things i'm not weird i just have different interests and uh, while that was happening i even thought this isn't a problem with me it's a problem with you you're just uncomfortable with whatever this is or are fearful that you don't have this thing to offer me in some way that makes you inferior or not enough and so you're choosing to make it a me problem instead of confronting whatever it is that makes you feel like this yeah and a lot of the time it's pure deflection 
Because a lot of the time it's, oh, there's something inside about myself that I don't like. And so if I can make you feel bad about yourself, maybe somehow I'm going to stop feeling bad about myself, which is like, exactly. either way, you're, you're not helping anyone, least of all yourself. Were you always a Doberman then? Because that's a really interesting breed to choose. No, I wasn't. When I started off as a puppy, I didn't really pick a breed. I just wanted to be mm-hmm. a dog. And yeah. at first I didn't realize that you, you could do that. I was like, oh wait, like I used to be a furry. Well, still a furry. So being a furry, you never you never get to stop being a furry. It's like being an alcoholic. You can go into recovery, <laughs> but you're never not a furry anymore. And so, yes, I'm a furry in recovery and it's been very hard not to revert back to my old ways. But uh, getting back to what you actually asked about was that like, oh, it's like choosing a persona. You can just be whatever kind of fucking puppy you want. And uh, I just thought, well, I always loved my dachshund whose name was Buddy. And I like grew up through middle school and high school with and very sweet. And so I thought, well, I'll just be a dachshund, but with the, you know, the, the eye dots and the, like the Doberman patches on him. And then as I got a little bit older and did a little bit of soul searching and healing and i realized that i kind of picked dachshund because they're like silly and small and yappy and uh uh just it's not so serious but then i thought well i don't want to use that as a deflection anymore and i don't think that really captures who i am and then i thought well i have always loved doberman and as i've been growing up both uh, literally and physically, as I've been to the gym and really focusing on trying to make my body literally bigger, I thought actually as a very spell and kind of intimidating looking person, if I scowl the right way, that I'm actually a Doberman who like I look all mean, but really I just like want to snuggle and play fetch sometimes. <laughs> it really captured my looks all big and tough, but actually just a sweetly little <laughs> baby. Aww. I, oh, I love that. I, can we talk about being a furry? <laughs> yes, let's. I have lots to say. Okay, please, because I'm so curious, interested, fascinated, and also tantalized by the allure of all things furry. But the little interaction with the wider furry community I've had has been sort of strange. So educate me i first want to know what strange occurrences you've already had that there seems to be a real like denial because my like entrance into furry has been through kink so the sort of avid and rabid deniers that that's a thing and I i don't understand where that comes from i don't understand why there's a push to sanitize to the point of like I, I don't understand why some people want there to be a veneer of family friendly onlyness to this. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. The reason that I left furry was because I realized that, wait, I can have kinky, weird sex without also having to have a tail. Like, I'm, I'm going to go do that. Because <laughs> like furry, it wasn't actually it for me. It's just that furries have these incredible beautiful imaginations and it's an a community pool of very talented artists who can create these the stories or pieces of mm. uh, actual art that depict a lot of things that i'm into or things that are even possible and so that 
really pulled me in because I enjoyed those interests. The people that did it just happened to have uh, ears and tails. And so that was cool. But I realized I didn't need that for Mm -hmm. me to feel gratified or whatever. But I was part of that community a lot for the opportunity to explore my my sexual side. As for people who try to deny that, I think that just comes back to shame, is that people, a lot of furries do feel shame about being a furry because of the, the negative connotation associated with it. They don't want their coworkers to know about it. They don't want the people on their, their hockey teams to know because the general populace's ideas of furry are often kind of negative. And they're worried that if you wrap kink into that or even sex, period, that it becomes this adult, ew, shameful thing that you aren't, it's not innocent to enjoy anymore. It makes you some kind of outcast or at worst a pervert. And they're trying to shield themselves from that interpretation rather than being willing to open themselves up and say, yes, I am that, but I'm also not defined by the stereotype. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just the same thing. It's just the same thing again. And there is like if we were able to apply the nuance that we apply to our regular vanilla day-to-day lives to these things, wouldn't it just be so much easier? Because like I I don't know. I I I don't understand. I mean, listen, I hate kids. I like wherever I go, I want to create an adults-only space. And whether or not that's you know, because, you know, because it actually needs to be or not. It's it's just, I want to be away from that most of the time. What I don't understand is why you would ever want kids in your space. And when people are very kind of, I don't know, we live in a world now where we, I guess, are just hyper vigil to that kind of thing. So it's like, I think it's dangerous to deny that anything could be for adults. That is part of this. And obviously, I understand that that's not the whole of what the community is at all. But this you could say the same for every community. I mean, like, everybody is different. Everybody gets something different out of it. And that is okay. But then to say, oh, well, those weirdos, um, you know, they don't count or they don't really get to be part of this or whatever. Or worse yet, we just pretend that doesn't happen. And so if and when it does... Like this, this all kind of, um, I was thinking about this only because somebody posted on Twitter that they had to like check people's IDs at a room party in this hotel after a furry event. And I was like, fuck man, it shouldn't have to come down to you are the only line of defense. You are the, it is completely your personal responsibility. Like how are they finding out about this and entering these kind of spaces where they shouldn't be? And yeah, like people's response was, oh, shush, that shouldn't, you know, be happening, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, what? But it is. So, you know. The beautiful but also dangerous thing about being a furry is that you get to create who you are, what your character looks like, how they act. You get to be your greatest aspirations and maybe some of your greatest fears. But because a lot of the presence is entirely digital, it's a mask that obscures who you are, what you look like, and how old you are. So it's very easy Mm -hmm. for minors, be it 16, 17, or down to like 12, 13, 14, who knows? Yeah, that's what they're saying. To say, I am this kind of, I am this person. And you won't know for sure until like you have checked my ID to confirm that, yes, I am a legal adult. I am allowed to participate in these adult activities. 
Which is like, it's good to be responsible. It's a good idea. It's just, it shouldn't be that we have to hope that everyone's responsible enough to do that. Like, uh, I don't know. I will say fursuits are absolutely amazing. And anyone who uh, has the craft down, I'm like fascinated by. It's so incredible. It is an art form. Yeah. It's a skill set. It's something that you have to get your hands on and takes a lot of time, commitment, materials, supplies, because the buzzing down a fursuit will eat through a pair of clippers. And so you have to like constantly replace those and work on the ingredients. They have to further look the way it's supposed to. It's it's truly masterful of things that people can come up with and the number of them that they can crank out on a single year. Yeah, and like, oh, I have this idea. Can you can you build this for me so I can be this? Like, wow. That's that's so um you know, because I draw, like I do that for people, but it's 2D. Mm-hmm. It's it's you can have it and look at it and be like, wow, that's cool. You've brought my imagination to life. But it's not something they can hold in their hand and put on their head and like really transform into. That I absolutely love. My friend let me try his first suit on and I was like looking at myself in the mirror. It was so trippy. I fucking loved it. Oh yeah. I've gotten to wear a couple of friends' fursuits and it's truly a different experience. There's this old saying of if you want to see a man's true face, give him a mask. And I that felt so true inside of a fursuit because I was this entirely different person and nobody knew that. And so I got to be goofy and silly and someone entirely different from who I was because I I wasn't me. I was like this character. Mm. It's free. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is so true that, you know, as soon as you have the mask on, you can be anything. You can let yourself just run wild. That's what I love about all gear, really, I think, in a way, boils down to you put the costume on and all of a sudden, like, I got dressed up in leathers recently and I just loved how it changed my entire attitude. I was just like, yeah, I'm this thing now. I'm this person. I'm a leather person now. It was so much fun. And it was just from, you know, just from being dressed up. Mm. The power of costume. Right? Uh, but I mean, it's the same thing as like Halloween, right? It's the same thing as mm-hmm. like drag. It's the same thing as anything. It's, it's, I got a friend who's um a pro wrestler and he was like, it's like, I go to work, I put the costume on and I get to play. I get to be this thing that I'm not. Cause he's like this, you know, big muscly guy, but his character is like, whereas he's this kind of bookish dork really in real life. And, uh, the first time I, I, I thought, Oh, this is stupid. Like whatever, I'll go support. And I saw it and I was like, it's like a live action Marvel movie. This is amazing. You're just pretending to beat up your mates. Fantastic. And it's like hyper masculine drag. It's it's the same thing. He puts on the the drag, you know, he puts on his, you know, face paint and his costume and oils his body up and then and goes out and <laughs> does this display of like, you know, masculinity. It's it's just the same thing. It's just a drag king. There's Exactly. There's the scene from the Netflix series Glow, where one of the professional wrestlers, she used to be a, a soap opera actress. And so she's 
fallen from grace and now has to act and this thing is the only thing that's available to her. And so as the show is going on, she just goes, oh my God, this is just a soap opera. I can do this. And it's yes. all just about camp and heightening yes. these like stereotypes and ideas of just certain personality quirks. And it's all just play pretend. It's so, and it's so fun. Oh, it's so fun. And it's so camp. Sometimes hot. Um, I'd like to, well, I haven't experienced that side of it yet, but I, I love the camp. It's very camping. I love how stupid it is. I love, love, love that. And it is a soap opera. It's like, you have to go and watch all the shows to find out what's going to happen and who's going to win and who's got a feud and what happened there. And, oh, and they just pass the, you know, the belts around from, you know, from one to another. It doesn't really wins or loses. So it's like, there's no stakes. The stakes are the drama of the story you're creating, which is fun. Oh, exactly. It's all just like, it's make-believe. And uh, you're just creating the sense of drama that isn't necessarily real, but that's just what makes it showmanship. Yeah. And I feel like so much of that is similar to play, right? Because in the same way, I feel like I'm just getting to act out. I mean, we call it play because that's what we're doing. I I feel like, you know, I'm acting out the kind of things that I do as a kid, but it's for adults instead. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the world's a stage and how you present yourself can be a a facade and it could be just you role-playing or it can be, you know, your, your real self and your real self can vary from day to day and how you present and whatnot. And so really that's kind of what's beautiful about life is that you can be whoever you want. It's just where your, your head is at that day. Speaking of, do you fuck with um, like sissification? I'm slowly dipping my toe into it. And there was a time where I'm like, ah, oh, no sissification. That's not for me, mm-hmm. but truly it is just another, another category of, allowing myself the headspace to accept that as not normal but fine and healthy and a another juxtaposition between maybe traditional masculinity and traditional femininity but also i just have always liked pink so i'm really open to it i haven't done a lot of it myself but it definitely plays into my idea of I'm in control and I do what daddy says. And so I will do that. And also vice versa. If I'm daddy and I know that this person wants to be sissified, then I'm like, all right, well, let's pick out a dress then, huh? Hmm. Yeah, see, there's there's only a couple things that haven't uh, haven't clicked for me yet. And I know that they're coming. <laughs> they're on their way. You see them like coming at you on the conveyor belt. Uh-huh. I know that they're coming. I think part of that is I love busting through my limits. So mm-hmm. it's very exciting to me. And that's where I'm at. Oh, dude, it's the best. What's the what's the new depraved thing that I'm going to try on? That's something that I love about uh, Mr. Christopher is that he's oh. always trying to find, all right, next thing that I'll get me off. What's another a weird version of me that I can be? And he just so fearlessly embraces those things and seeks them out. Yeah. He's a big weirdo and I love him so much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I was, uh, anyway, we'll talk about it later. Um, 
hopefully hopefully in so in september i'll i'll be in san francisco i really want to go uh to Folsom san francisco because I've, I've done berlin yeah um, so hopefully i'll be in town then and 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 yeah but i love that uh i i love anyone who's up for trying new stuff and is is up for anything because when i realized that i could do that because i i used to have this you know much more rigid idea of of kink and sexuality and when i realized mm -hmm. oh fuck when the floodgates opened i was like this is the most fun thing i could possibly imagine doing is just like being corrupted all those things i thought i would never do impact like i wore a shock collar for a whole evening once and after that i was like we can we can do that anytime right chastity that was a big limit for me got like busted like it was nothing <laughs> that'll happen yeah so all the blorty butts are sort of surrounding me now. <laughs> i know that that's like next one but yeah the sissy thing i just like i haven't for me everything is about the interpersonal it's about that like um the give and take and the you know the vibe so oh yeah the right person right situation i i know that anyone anyone that i really get on board with can turn me onto something and and can kind of get in get their fingers in my brain and, and make it fun so sometimes it just takes the right person to flavor it the right way for you mm -hmm. and it makes all the difference Okay, I'm just looking at the time. Um, do you have a yay for the day today? I do have a yay for the day. And it's honestly in line with a lot of what we've talked about was that I had been trying to meet up with a, a local friend for ages. We talked for forever and we've just never been able to like find time to meet up. And he says, Maybe well, you know. why don't we go up? Uh, kind of, I think he dabbles in diapers, but it's, it's okay. not ne like necessarily his main thing. He likes a lot of rubber and oh, cool. uh, I do too. So we said, well, let's get dinner. And it's like, okay, but what if we get dinner, but we go out in just rubber? And uh, that idea terrified me, but also made me tingle all the way to my core. And I'm like, uh, 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 yeah, let's do it. And so I go over to his place. He puts me in this like giant, uh, like rainwear coverall suit, as well as like engineer boots and gloves. And we, went out to dinner like that and i've got like photos of it and i was just the happiest little guy just skipping down the sidewalk to go get korean barbecue that felt so cute but it was something that terrified the shit out of me and uh, then i i did it and then as it was happening i realized oh i can be myself be off beat be weird and uh, really get absolutely no guff for it one person stopped us and said hey so what's this about and i said i was like to look cool He's like right on, and then it's like kept going. It was just very validating experience. Awesome. Yes, fuck yeah, that's so cool. Wow, I love fear. You know, like cracking those kind of like ooh, courage play. Yeah, fucking courage play, man. That's so fucking cool. Whoa, 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 whoa. So like you were in full like rain gear, kind of. Imagine a deep sea fisherman, but in like a, a royal blue and just very oh. shiny. Dude, I want to see these photos. That sounds so cool. Uh, I plan to post them to Twitter right after this. So, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Were you padded? 
Uh, I was. I actually just didn't show up diapered. But then uh, as I was like dripping sweat, I thought, man, I really shouldn't have worn just regular underwear. And he said, well, I have diapers here if you want to. And I'm like, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Let's take me out of all of this we just put on and let's put on yep. uh, a diaper instead. So really a combination of just so many things that I loved. It was a, a great evening. It was great getting to know him as a person and also feel so enabled by somebody. That's so cool. Because I'm very much like, a, yeah, I need to sit down and get to know you before I I know if I you know want to play. But I really like the idea of, but let's inject a bit of fun into it. Yeah, why not? Why not be a little shiny and squeaky while we do the, the same thing? That's so cool. And it was just like, also Korean barbecue. Oh, sounds amazing. But like just mm-hmm. down the street, just wherever you were like out and about in public. Yeah, we like... we did drive to where we were going. But I mean, there's the walk to and from the car to the restaurant, yeah. uh, sitting in the restaurant, eating. Wow. So it was uh, a lot of times out in public being our shiny selves fuck yeah okay that's a great yay that's super super cool okay mine feels kind of lame in comparison but (laughs) um so mine is actually my partner's parents are staying with us which doesn't sound very exciting but they're very very cool people and i don't know but like um this is the first time that they've come to visit him since he moved here in like 10 years so, you know, we go oh. to the States a few times. Well, I guess they thought eventually he'd come back. So, you know, we've met up when they've been on the continent or whatever, but this is the first time that, like, they're coming to stay. And, you know, now we have, like, our own place and everything, so we could do it. And, yeah, it's actually been, like, really, really fun. His mum went to Paris for a couple of days. It's just been cool, like, hosting, showing them around, explaining to them what Eurovision is, because that's happening <laughs> now. <laughs> Um, and we're going to go to the Cotswolds on the weekend and, uh, his dad's a pilot. So every few years he has to do this, you know, whatever pilots course. Um, and so he was just like, well, why don't I do it here? And we can all, uh, hang out. So yeah, that's my yay. Cause it's actually been really nice to just have someone in the house again. And yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yours was better, but... <laughs> Yours is so wholesome, and what a great way to be, uh, I mean, what a great way to be supportive of your partner, and it's also nice to hear that someone actually enjoys their in-laws, which is not always the case. Okay, do you know what's funny? Is right next to me here, I have um, my rubber clown suit with the inflatable red nose cod piece that I was showing my friend that's in their room that they're staying in that I've, like, hidden and just been like oh don't go in that drawer um so i need to go put that back because <laughs> of course the first thing sh- uh, his mum does is like oh wow love your place opens the kink closet and it's like cool <laughs> like, this looks fun it smells weird in here yeah oh wow that's shiny cool <laughs> and of course like i don't really care about like all the collars and the chains and the leashes and the you know rubber and you know the diapers even i don't care it's for me it's like did she see the clown shoes (laughs) (laughs) she did oh she she has zero opinions about it (laughs) she's not good for which is always the fucking case right exactly like nobody fucking cares be yourself um anyway thank you dad oh my god it's I kind of like calling you dad. <laughs> it's cute. Most people do. <laughs> mm. 
whatever. Um, thanks uh-huh. for chatting with me today. You are awesome and fascinating, and you've got such a really like warm attitude to kink that's really refreshed me today. Because uh, today's been a lot. I've been super fucking busy trying to get all this done so we can go to dinner. Um, anyway, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at Dad the Doberman. Awesome. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at T Stota. Um, that's all for today. So join us next week as we go under the big top. Thank you, Clown. I had fun. <laughs> guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings the big top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over the big top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.